So let's read Ephesians 6.10. That's where we kind of spend the bulk of our time there. Ephesians 6.10, I'm going to read it from the beginning all the way to verse 15. That way we can kind of understand exactly where we left off. I know you all have all slept a few times since then at least. Um, So let's read it. Finally, brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against rulers of darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Again, I refer you to the other sessions because that's a lot of information I just read there. I'm just getting you up to speed here. Verse 13, wherefore unto you take on the whole armor guard that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and dunning all stand. Verse 14, stand therefore. Y'all notice it says stand a lot. I pointed that out in the other ones. That's a pretty important peace. Dustin, I'm not slowing down because i got to give you some new information. This is old information. <laughs> Dustin's going slow down. <laughs> so verse 14, stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth. This is the belt of truth. And having the breastplate of righteousness. That's the breastplate of righteousness. Now some new information and we'll hit it down into third gear. Is that good? All right. Verse 15, and having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's a really great long way of saying shoes of peace. Now, I'm going to say shoes of peace, but we're going to break this down. And guys, it kind of excites me. I know I say that every week, but I'm a pretty excited person. Maybe you should try it sometime. It does wonders for your skin. So, (laughs) just going to see if y'all are listening. See, I'm throwing some things in there. So what is peace? gospel of peace what does peace even mean most of us when I say the word peace all of you guys think of like a spa and like relaxation and like just peace you know like maybe a babbling brook over there and just that's peace and it's a version of it but it's really not the whole story of what peace is that's our physical understanding of something uh, that is called peace maybe some of us say well it's rest right it's resting it's 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 the opposite of worry you know you can't define something by saying it's the opposite of something else for instance i am not a car that still doesn't help you know what i am it just tells you something i am not so a lot of times when we say peace we have a hard time defining it because we just say well it's not worry it's like not being worried well, but what is it then? If I, you know, we've got to start defining it. And that's really what we're diving into this morning is peace. Now, who's ever heard this statement in, in various forms? I've heard it a lot in, in my life. We're going to have to tell Jonathan to turn off his Bluetooth again. Oh, he did it. Okay. <laughs> who's ever heard the statement like, oh, if you just give it all to God, all of a sudden everything becomes great, you know? I used to hear that as a kid, be like, like when you get saved, everything gets a lot better. And I would venture to say, guys, it actually gets worse. Because now you're battling things, as we just read, that are not even of this world. Like, you know, I'm not a very strong dude, but sometimes, like, I can get some strength about me, you know, uh, and, <laughs> and do it sometimes. But... I'm not a very strong dude, but if it's something that I can't even see in the physical realm, right, let's blindfold you. Who's ever done, like, the, the hit in the, the, what is that thing? Thank you. I was going to say pin the tail on a donkey. I was like, I know that's not it. But, <laughs> but you know, you hit the pinata, you're blindfolded. That's about, like, what spiritual warfare is like if you don't know the armor that you have. You're just going around. That mic almost came out of my hand. <laughs> that's going to knock you out, Mike. You're going to slain the spirit one way or the other this morning. <laughs> Uh, but 
that's, that's what it's like. You're just swinging around. You, you don't know even what's in front of you when you're battling it. So when you, get, when you start to get into the kingdom of God, you really got to make sure you get some armor going. Because otherwise, you're playing pin the tail on the donkey. That one's equally as difficult. So. <laughs> so it's really difficult to put peace into words. It's really difficult to understand what it is. Now, I stole this from my aunt. So I'm going to give her some credit for it. I was talking to her about this a few weeks ago. We were sitting out by the pool hanging out, and I was like, yeah, we're doing armor of God. So I started telling her about it. I was like, yeah, and the shoes. And, and she said, hey, you know something? And I love this. I want you to listen to this. You know why you wear shoes? To go to difficult places. You know, if you're not going anywhere difficult, you don't need shoes. We went to Six Flags. And Steph, it was her first time at Six Flags, and she's wearing these little cutesy sandal things with her little, you know, anklet bracelet thingy on. And we show up in some tennis shoes and some, you know, she's like, why aren't we going to get wet? It's like, yeah, but you want some tennis shoes on. And seven miles later, she realized Six Flags big. Everything is bigger in Texas. And she realized, hey, maybe she wasn't quite equipped with the right shoe to go on this path in this journey that was in front of her. Now, there's all kinds of different shoes, and we're going to look at this in a minute, but there's all kinds of different shoes, and you need them at different times, right? Who has more than one pair of shoes? Every woman, raise your hand. Okay. My, my Mimi, she's sitting right there, has more shoes than anybody I've ever seen. Matter of fact, when we were moving, I thought we had unpacked all of her shoes, and we go to the storage shed, and there's, like, boxes, guys. I'm picking on you, Mimi. I pick on everybody else. It's time for Mimi to get picked. She's got boxes about this tall, give or take, right, something like that. There's not one. There's not two. I don't even know how many there are because her closet was already full, and she still had two or three boxes. And we brought them to her house, and I was like, Mimi, these are more shoes. And she even goes, more shoes? But she's ready for any terrain that may come her way, Right? Keep that in your mind as we go through this. So let's really look at what Scripture has to say. Real quick, I want to throw out what I'm going to call some qualifiers out there. What I mean by qualifiers is these are some Scriptures that show us the importance of peace, this thing, peace, that I'm going to define for you in a minute. One of them is 2 Timothy 1.7. And 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. This sound mind here is a derivative of the same word, peace, which I'm going to define for you in a minute. It's the cliffhanger. Got to keep you interested all the way to the end. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's what he's given you. It's qualifier number one. Let's look at Colossians 3.15. Colossians 3.15 says it this way. It says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To which also you are called in one body and be thankful. Now we're going to read some more of that in a little bit. But let the peace of God rule your heart. Because we're one, God, we're one body and be thankful. Okay? Peace, thankful. Peace, thankful. Peace, thankful. Think about that. Okay. Last qualifier here so I can really dive into some stuff. This is Philippians 4, 7. Philippians 4, 7 says this. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. I'm going to read that one again because that's a lot of information as well. This is verse 7 in Philippians 4. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind 
through Jesus Christ. There's all my qualifiers, okay? Y'all get why I say those are qualifiers? That's to show you. Now, I had about 30 of those, and everybody said, for time's sake, thank you that we don't read all 30 of those. <laughs> but they all have these similar connotations, and it's from the beginning all the way to the end. It talks about peace, 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 and I was talking to my brother, and I was like, you know, when I was studying for this one particularly, I was kind of the most excited, but also the most worried. I was like, peace is everywhere in the Bible. Like, everywhere, guys. I was like, it, you could be talking about it this way. You could be talking about it this way. You could be talking about it that way. You want to know why? It's because peace is for the path that you're on. So everyone needs different shoes. Everyone needs different peace. You ever thought and you saw somebody going through something and you're like, I don't even know how they do it. You ever thought about that? I think about that with, with people who have twins. God help them. Now, my cousin... I don't remember how old he is. He's 25. He's about to have some twin boys, right? Boys? Yes. Twin boys. And I was like, I, I, we, ours were give or take 18 months apart, and that was difficult enough. I could not imagine two of them at the same time. It's like twice the dirty diapers. That's twice the feeding. That's twice the crying. It's twice the everything, and twice isn't as nice. <laughs> so, you ever looked at someone, though, and said, how do they do it? Why? They've got different shoes for the path that they're on. Okay, some of this is in the natural, but as well as in the spiritual. Different shoes, different peace for the path that you're on. Now, let's really dive into this feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of the peace. It's a lot of words, right, to say. Let's look at it right here in verse 15, okay? Y'all know I like to define things, okay? Because I think it's important to define what it is we're reading. That is like, this is also marriage counseling. Nine times out of ten, guys, y'all's arguments are you're saying the same thing, just describing it differently. Just know that, and I'll charge you later for the marriage counseling, okay? That is 90% of the argument, so that is why we are defining these words in detail, okay? So let's look at this first one. And your feet. The word and, by the way, just means like also or indeed. So like, hey, we're, we're still going with this list here. The word feet, it means foot. But it doesn't. It means so much more. It's so cool, guys. Okay, I didn't even know this. It meant this. Okay, here's what it means. It means a footstool. And I am reading verbatim out of the translation. The act of putting your foot on one who is conquered. That's what that means. So we say, oh, your feet. And we say, your foot. And footstool, like was a footstool, you know, like the little Ottoman thing. No, no, it literally means like the act of using one's foot. They used to do it on the neck. That's, uh, that's what they did. Uh, I won't go into the details of why they did that about like, you know, jabbing them and stabbing them and whatnot. But they would do it and say that they are conquered and they'd take their feet and go, conquered. Okay, I want you to think about that. That's what that word foot means. Who knew one word meant that much? It's crazy. Definitions. The English language. Shod. This word shod, we don't really use now, it is used in our day and age for one thing generally, and that's horses. If you ever messed around with horses at all, it's called shodding their feet when they put horseshoes on them and stuff like that. This interesting thing, see, we don't shod our feet so much with our shoes these days. Like, we have laces, and then we're even so lazy we have Velcro because we don't want to mess with the laces. But when you do a horseshoe, it's a, it's a piece of metal. You know, y'all ever seen horseshoes, played horseshoes, you know, something like that? When they take it, they take the horse's hoof, and they hold it, and they put nails through the metal into the horse's hoof and the, those nails come out and they bend around like that and then they nail them down and clip them off that shoe basically is not going anywhere for a while it is bound together which is what this word shod means it means this right here it means to bind oneself under to be bonded to 
So when you think about it, like sandals back in the old days, you know, y'all ever seen, we always call them gladiator sandals. Girls wear them now as like a cool style, and they're like the gladiators that go up here. Those didn't used to come with buckles, okay? They were straps that they had to take and go all the way around their legs and come back around and tie them off so they wouldn't come off. It was bonded together. It was a piece of who they were once it got on them. Okay, think about this. So the way that you conquer, that you can step on the conquered one or the enemy, can we just say enemy, is that fair? That's fair. The enemy is to bind yourself to this thing called peace, is to make it a part of who you are, to where every step that you take in life, it just goes with you. It's a part of you. You ever been running and your shoes fly off? My kids do this all the time because they don't ever tie their shoes or like Levi, he ties them, but they're tied so loose they just, they, they'll just come right off. Or how about flip-flops? Worst shoe ever. Flip-flops. They don't even work at the beach is what they're intended for. Who has flip-flops on? You go to the beach and what do you do? Take them off, because it's a lot easier just to walk in the sand. Flip-flops suck. Now, your feet shod, you're bound to this thing. And I love the word with, because you know what word it is? It's the word in. In our language, it would be I-N, but in the translation in the Greek, it's actually E-N. We've defined this word all throughout all these passages. It's the same word right here. It means in relation of rest, a fixed position fixed position so you are to conquer the enemy being bound to this thing called peace in a relation of rest to it this whole thing is a stance that you take it's a stance it's almost interesting because scripture in in in, in, um psalms it talks about to fight for peace doesn't that seem almost contradictory to say i'm supposed to fight to be at peace, but it says it's a fight for peace. Why? Because there's something coming to try to unbind you from that because when you're unbound from that, you're not ready to walk the path that comes before you. If you go hiking and you have some shoes on, let's say maybe this shoe. This is mine. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. It's my wife's shoe. Now, it doesn't even fit me. If I tried to put this on right now, I'd get like my right toe maybe in there and my feet are still swollen from Six Flags. It doesn't even fit me. But even if this shoe fit me, even if I went to Steve Madden, they don't sell things. It goes to like DSW or something. If I went to this place and I bought a shoe that even fit me, that looked like this, y'all all get the picture, and then picture tight pants on all at the same time, okay? If I went, even if it fit me and I went hiking up a mountain, what good would this do me besides break my ankle? That's no good. It's not the right thing to be bound to me for the work. Again, see, flip-flops. I even own a pair of these crappy things. God. Right? You've got to be bound to this thing, and it's got to be in a relationship and fixed point. Here, this whole area right here, by the way, this is just our part. That is our job right there, is to use the thing that God has given us, to be bound to it and stay in a fixed point. That's all our job right there of this passage, your feet shod with the preparation of gospel of the peace. That first part, that's our part. To stand fixed and be bound to this thing called peace. Now, this is the cool part, because this is Jesus' part. This, na- this next piece here. Preparation of the gospel of peace. This is pretty cool, guys. Preparation. What does it mean? Something Jared never does. Prepare. I'm a procrastinator. It's what I do. My wife hates it. She's a planner. I hate that because we're even leaving Six Flags. I'm sorry I'm talking about Six Flags so much, guys. It was wearing. But we had, how many kids do we have? Seven, six kids with us. 
and we're at Six Flags, and we're on our way home, and I'm just trying to get out of the dead gum park. Well, where are we going to eat? What are we going to do for this? I don't care. And I even told her, I said, honey, I'm just driving to where the road takes me. I'll decide that when I see something that I want to eat, I will stop. But until that point, just let me go. Why? Because I'm not preparing the path that lies ahead of me. But my wife is, is like God in that respect. God's trying to prepare a path ahead of you. But you're saying, no, no, no. It's just life is so wearing. Six flags and kids. I don't want to know the path ahead of me. I just want to stay right here where I'm at. You know, my car was really comfortable coming out of Six Flags because Six Flags was hot. And my car, I turned on the AC and it was really nice. So I just wanted to stay right where I was at. In a medium level of comfort, just because I didn't want to do the uncomfortable thing. This, I'm not joking to you guys right there. Sorry, I hit the button. I don't even have to put a key in the car. I just hit the button and sat there. And it was just because I didn't want to put my foot on the brake and grab the thing and go, that's how tired I was because I'm out of shape. And I was ready to stay complacent. I hope y'all are hearing this in the spirit. I was ready to stay right where I was because it was just a little bit comfor more comfortable than where I was before. And I didn't want to do this this little bit. And here's, here's God or Taryn saying, hey, I got this path for you that's much better because In-N-Out Burger is down on Highway 35. And you can sit and have a great Coke and all this stuff. And she's trying to plan ahead. Y'all hearing this? That's what God tries to do. But we just say, no, 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 I just came out of that. You don't understand. It's so hard to shift gears. That's how we act. And God says, no, 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 I've got this thing called peace that I'm going to carry you in. I'm going to bind it to you if you'll just stand in it. That's your only job. I'll do the rest. You just stand in it. Kind of like righteousness almost, right? He said, just stay in it. I'll get, I got the rest of it. Just stay there. Just stay. It's the first thing you teach a dog too, by the way. Stay. Then you teach him all the other fun tricks. Some of us just need to learn, stay. All right, that's preparation, the act of preparing. This is the part I love, guys. It's the part I love. Remember, this is Jesus' part. I'm going to read this again verbatim. The act of sending out before the king to make a path level or to make it possible to pass. That's what that word preparation, that's Jesus' part. So I hope you hear that right now. Your part is just to stand in it because Jesus came before the king to make a way, a way that was no way, a way that there was nothing. And he said, I leveled it out and I made it even possible for you to pass through this path we call life. That's what Jesus' part was. Your part was just to say, all right, I stand it, I believe it. And then Jesus says, I already paved that way for the king. Just come on because you're following right along with me. He was the one who came and paved the way. And all you guys think you have to shift and do all this extra stuff. And he's like, no, you're like the kids in the back seat that are over there. Turn off the AC. It's hot. Like, they're just complaining about things around them. They don't have to do anything to fix it. They say, I'm hungry. Who pays for it? Daddy. Right? That's what we, that's what, it, it, that's what preparation means. As Christ came, he said, I have paved that way. I am the way, the truth. In the life. He said, I paved the way. All you got to do is strap on some peace and go. Now, let's look at this last one. Or these next two. Sorry. Okay. I'll slow down. I'm going to try to shift down again, okay? Gospel. Mm, this word gets thrown around all the time, gospel. And it means mostly what we say, but we kind of leave out the rest of it. Because we just like to say good news. Again, that's kind of like trying to define something by saying the same thing. Like, what is good? It's great. What is great? It's good. Like, have you ever been in conversation about that when you're like trying to get information of what something is? Or how about where something is in your house? Where is it? On the counter. There's lots of counters. 
the bathroom counter, this counter, right? That's, we have to define words because gospel does mean good news. But what is good news? Some of you, good news is school is coming, right? Some of you, good news is children are going off to college. Some of you, good news is wife or other spouse is going on a vacation or, or a work trip away. I don't get those. Gospel, good news, what is it? It's this right here. The kingdom of God established. That's what it means. Good news of the kingdom of God established. Now, it keeps going on to say how it was established through Jesus. But the kingdom of God, remember, we defined kingdom on the first one. The way God does things. So it says this good news that we're to be strapped into and that we're to understand is the way that God does things. We use this example on Wednesday night, and I love it. It's, I've, been, I've been bringing it up every day since, honestly, in conversation. Is We're supposed to understand the way God does things. And the issue with a lot of us, what we want to do is we're like the kid who wants to just have the answers to the test. You don't actually care to know the information. You just want to know, is it A, B, or C? Just tell me the answer so I can get the answer right so I can move on. But now I don't know the information. So then when I encounter in life and I have to cut a board and I don't know how to refraction, off of, a, off of a tape measure now. Ever done that? It's funny now. Tape measures even have the fraction on there, and I've even met people that are my age that say, I don't know what that one with the dash and the two means. It means half. Why? They just wanted the answer to the test. They didn't care about the reasons or the way in which it needed to be done for the future. And that's why it's called the kingdom of God, because God said, listen, I can give you the answer to the test all day long, but it's not going to help you. You need to know the way that I do things because Jesus said I came to give you a pass, passageway, right? He made it level and flat so you could get to the kingdom of God to get to the way God does things. But imagine you show up and you have no clue what you're doing. No clue. Because the path that you're on is supposed to be teaching us the way God does things. And one of the key things that God does is gives us peace. It's the key thing. You know, God never's up there worrying like, oh, geez, I hope the earth keeps spinning around the sun today. Because if it doesn't, oh my, oh my me. No, He's, he doesn't. He knows something that we don't know, which is it's finished. And he knows his kingdom. There will be no end. And he says, this is the way that I will do things. So we can't study for the, for the end. And by the way, let me translate that, study for the test. That's like everybody saying, what do I got to do to get to heaven? Fire insurance. That's what everybody, that's most of us, right? Most of us say, just tell me the answers for that one. And I'm good. And Jesus came to say, that ain't the point of this whole thing. If that was the point of this whole thing, why did God ever create us to begin with and put us here? If it was just to end up right back in heaven the exact same way, what was the whole purpose of this? Because there's something we need to learn so it can take us to the next stage, the next path in this life and the next. Okay. Y'all ready? Peace. Now we get to, no, like peace, I'm done. No, I'm just kidding. We get to define this word peace now. The first translation of the word peace is something kind of similar to what we think about, which is a state of tranquility, what the first means. But again, it's not an action, it's a state of being. You're going to find out that there's a lot of things in the spiritual realm that are not action-based, they're states of being-based, because when you're in those states of being, all of a sudden actions begin to happen, right? So it means that, but it means this, it means rest. It means rest, and again, we're not going to dive into the details of rest, but peace means rest rest. And again, I love this one. To be set at one again. To be reassembled. That's actually what peace means. To be set at one again. Who's ever 
said this statement. Oh, well, we're just at odds with each other. Why? You're not at one. You're not set at one. You're not at peace together. Trust me, when Taryn and I are at peace together, the house flows smoothly. When Taryn and I are not at peace together, all hell breaks loose. Right? Because she has a temper. I'm just kidding. I'm actually the one with the temper. Uh, <laughs> but what, what is peace? What is this to set at one again? It means to be rebonded to something. What did we lose our bonding to? Genesis, I refer you to, which is our original relationship with God, where we could walk and talk with him. And then all of a sudden, we couldn't walk and talk with him anymore. And God's whole plan, his whole kingdom is to say, let me get you back to that state right there. Let me bond this thing peace. Let me make you one again with me. Because when I make you one again, all you got to do is stay there. But when I make you one again with me, watch the path that I lay before you. Watch the things that will happen. Again, I said this, uh, I think, a few weeks ago. Religion says you got to do all these things to become worthy or to become righteous. And relationship says be with me, be one, be bonded back together and watch all the things we do. It's a big difference in the way we view this. Now, I love this, to be set at one again or to be reassembled. Now, what do we need to be set at one with, as I just said? God, that's the first thing to be set at one with. It's even a part of our vision. If you see the word real, you know, church people and their acronyms, we love them. Real, it means to restore relationships. And then if you ever look, like on the website we have it, and it says three things. God first, family, and friends or others. That is the thing that we need to be bonded and set back into is to be set at one with God and our family and then others because that is the purpose of the kingdom of God. I, who says they, who, who doesn't like people? Come on, raise your hand. Honey, come on, do it. I'm raising my hand. Y'all all love people, every single one of them. The idiot at your job that makes your job five times harder. Uh-huh, y'all are all lying in the house of God. Thank you, Ron. <laughs> Okay, there we go. Have news for all of us. You're not going to like heaven. There's going to be a lot of people there. And I don't know that you get your own, like, silo thing, you know, where you get like the, hey, everybody, I hope you're doing good. Love Jesus. You don't get walls, I don't think. I'm pretty sure that there's, like, just some gates around the whole thing and everything else is, like, lovey-dovey all beside each other. Why? Because... We're supposed to be bonded together, just like we talked about the whole shields up and all that, and we'll get to that again next week and all that, but bonded together in this thing called peace, set at one in this relationship, not religion, in this relationship that says do what the kingdom, the way God does things, not this subset of actions that makes you good enough to get into the kingdom of God, and like all of a sudden we're all going in and we're like, hey everybody, and they're like, not you, Ron, you don't get in. Because you didn't like that person at work. No, just do it the way God does things and watch how he starts to work things out in your heart. Now, I'm almost wrapped up, but I got a little example to do for you. See, why I said we have to be bonded back to people in relationship in this thing called peace or rest is because what happens, can I have two guys, Ron and Mike, y'all are on the front row, so you get picked on. Let's have Ron and, and Mike here. So Mike, you stand here, and Ron, you stand here. And then I'm going to stand here. So here's me. We're at the starting line of life, let's just call it in general. And usually when you're a kid, right, you don't really notice anything. But 
as we get ready to go through life right now, we're all on different paths, right? Ron, uh, you work at a pipe plant, right? Like, um, it's not PVC, you could correct me. Polyethylene, plastic. Okay, see, I'm not on his path. Don't know. But he's on his path. And then Mike over here is on his path doing, you know, Mike's honeydews. That's how you're in on my phone. Maybe I should tell you it to honey, Mike. Can I do that? <laughs> he's like, do what? <laughs> so he's on his honeydews. And I'm over here, and, I, and I, I'm a, I have a sales job. I sell aluminum cases. And as we have our paths, it's very easy for Ron to look over at Mike and say, man, he gets to do his own schedule. He just he has nothing to do on Wednesday, and then people call him, and now he has something to do. i got to wake up every morning and go to this hot shop. I assume it's hot, right? Yes, this hot shop, and i got to walk around with idiots. See, he doesn't like the people he works with. And he starts to look over here. I love Ron, by the way, and I can pick on him. So he starts looking over here at Mike and says, that path is better. And, man, look at those shoes. Look at the peace that he gets to have in his thing. And Ron comes over and says, hey, Mike, I'm going to take your shoe. Don't wear the shoe, Mike. <laughs> and he says, I'm going to take this shoe because I really like his path. Or maybe he looks at me and, or maybe Mike says, while, while he's looking over here, he's looking at me and he's saying, hey, I really would like to have the mic more often, Mike. And I'd like to talk in front of the stage on Sunday mornings. So he wanted to talk this morning, see? I'm just kidding. I asked him to. And we start to look at each other's paths. And then all the while, I want you all to walk, but look at each other and never look in front of you. Watch something. Just do it. Just do it. No, look, look what y'all are doing. You're using peripherals. Y'all walk together. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Okay, so y'all right, sit down. Y'all can sit down for a minute here. So what? Now they cheated. Because, <laughs> because what would have happened if they would have started walking forward and looking at the other person's path? There's chairs in front of them. There's an obstacle. There's this thing that will stop them from being able to execute the path that they have in their life that God has set before them. Mind you, remember, he's the one who paved that path. And they're looking at someone else's with this thing we call envy or jealousy. And they're like, I want that, God. You didn't give me the pretty shoes. I got steel-toed boots on. I'm assuming those are steel-toed boots. Yeah, see? And they're uncomfortable. You know something? Here's something. Let me show you guys something. You see these boots here? These, most of these are my shoes. I love these right here. These are house slippers. These are really comfortable, much better than flip-flops. But, you know, I've done something in these that I probably shouldn't have done, which is walk across my backyard to my brother's house. These are not intended for outdoor use, especially in Texas weeds, because they have still right now, look, they have cockaburs all in them. And now they're not comfortable. Now I wear my other ones, which are not up here, but I have another pair. And these are perfectly good, but I used them for a path that I shouldn't have used them for. I tried to exercise something. I hope you all are hearing this in the spirit, that I shouldn't have exercised. And now all of a sudden it's uncomfortable and I don't like it and I don't want them anymore. So I step out of it and I go try to do something my own way. I refer back to the breastplate of righteousness from last week. I step out of it and I say, I don't want those things. Now, I've got some other shoes here, my wife's shoes. Could y'all imagine how funny would it be if you tried on your, go, go home, this is your challenge, and try on someone else's shoes in your house and just walk around in them for a moment. For a moment. How uncomfortable is it? You know, the thing about it is, is these shoes right here, I'm going to use this as an example. These are my fancy shoes, okay? This is about as fancy as I get here. And I wear these on Sundays only. I don't know why. 
they're not very comfortable. I go home and tell my wife, I'm like, oh, my feet hurt. I totally get it, ladies, when you're like wearing the high heels and stuff. Like, why? Because we want to look good for you. Right? So we wear them to look good, but all the while we're walking a path in which is creating miserableness. Miserableness? Creating, yeah, that's, that's a word. Okay. It's creating this thing in us, and then all of a sudden we start to worry and stress about, oh my goodness, do I, do I look good in the shoes? Not worried about the, are they bound to me to where I can walk a path that I'm supposed to walk. See, I've used these shoes as well in ways I shouldn't have, because look, see, they're ripping right here. You want to know why? Because I decided to do some work in these shoes because I had them on. I didn't really feel like, oh, I hope you're hearing this. I didn't really feel like changing, so I just kept them on doing Something I wasn't supposed to be doing. Okay, and y'all are hearing, oh, you did something bad. No, no, no. I was just in the wrong stance. I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, but in the wrong stance, the wrong state of being, because I decided that I had it better. And my wife gripes later. I've done that with so many clothes, too, guys. I paint in them, and they were new, good clothes. It's not the intended use. Now, I do have something here. These are these. You know how long I've had these boots? At least, what, 12 years? 15 years? My grandmother just keeps putting new soles on the bottom of them. I don't know why. Because they're so broken. As a matter of fact, oh, I love these shoes. When I put these on, guys, y you know, these are not pretty, by the way. Y'all notice that, right? Oh, yeah, see, they just slip right in. I used to wear my pants like this all the time, too. And I slip them on. These feel like just like socks. I really can't even tell that I'm wearing anything. They're so, oh, and they're kind of cool from the temperature in the room. This is my intended use. This is my intended piece for the intended path that I have. They're comfortable. They fit me well. They may not look so good to you guys, but I know I can do anything in these boots. I walk in attics with these boots. I can also go and I can look nice out on the town. I just take my, my pant legs and put them over it and maybe wash them off a little bit. I can use these for anything because they fit me and my path. But we've got to be careful because some of you guys can look at these boots and maybe judge my boots. And say, Jared looks ridiculous with his pant legs tucked in those boots. Look at those boots. They're all scuffed up and everything. And he's standing on the stage talking to people. He needs some shoes like Mike. He needs some peace like Mike. Because Mike's are, are look like this. Well, you know, Mike, Mike doesn't have the same path as me. So I can't turn around and look at his and say, no, no, no. You do it my way or the highway, buddy. Put on some clunky old roping boots. They've even got all kinds of marks on them from different things I was doing, different paths that I had. But guess what? The more that you wear it, the more comfortable they get. Who's ever bought a new pair of shoes or boots? And they look so good, and you know they fit, but you can only wear them for short periods of time at first because it gets so uncomfortable, which is why Jesus said, I paved the path so you can walk in that. And don't get out of it. Don't, don't change it. Stay in it. Because that's the piece, that is the set at one that I had for you from the beginning. Now, let me read you just a few scriptures, okay, and then I'll wrap it up here. Okay, let's read some things that back up everything I just told you. That would probably be good, right, to use the word of God to prove what I just said was actually not what Jared said. It's what God said about you. Here's how. Proverbs 3, 5, here's what it says. It says, trust in the Lord with your heart. And lean not on your own 
understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. I wanted you to see something. The first thing it starts with is trust. Second thing is it says don't lean on yourself because you're not strong enough. Okay? And then the last thing it says, in all of your ways, I posed this question to somebody just the other night. I said, hey, if God's always talking, right? He's a, he's a spiritual being, so he's communicating, trying to reach out to us all the time. So the more you listen, is there such thing as hearing too much from God? We all initially say no until you meet somebody that says, hey, I was talking to God the other day. And you're like, are you talking to God all the time? Right? We start to, oh, I don't know, judge that path and that, that relationship that they have. Right? But it says in all your ways, in all your paths of life, don't lean on your own understanding. Trust him and he'll direct the path for you in all your ways. Now, I am not saying that when you get up tomorrow morning and you say, should I wear the blue shirt or the red shirt? And you say, God, tell me which shirt should I wear. Make it fall off the hanger. And then because you want to wear the blue one, you go get a fan and, oh, see, oh, God told me. No, that's not what that means. That means in all the paths that are life-changing decisions, all the crossroads in life, when you came to sit in this chair this morning, you had so many decisions, right? You could go right or you could go left. Once you went right and left, you could go out in the center aisle and down that aisle. And then once you went that, which row am I going to sit on? Then which chair am I going to sit in that row? And then, man, am I going to get up and am I not? No. Why are you laughing at me, honey? All of those decisions, that's, that's, those are small decisions, right? But in life, when you get up tomorrow, there could be somebody you're supposed to interact with. But because you said, well, I don't like people. Or because you said, oh, that's not my path. And God's saying, yeah, it is, buddy. Take the step, which I didn't read the scripture to you last week, but it says the steps of a righteous man are what? Ordered. Of the Lord, meaning that if you've got on that breastplate of righteousness, you say, I'm in right standing with God, and then say, hey, I'm going to strap on some peace, and I'm going to walk this thing out. As you start to step, God says, no, 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 don't step there, because there's a cow patty right there. And then he says, oh, no, 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 step here. And he starts to lead and guide and direct. That's what this shows. Trust him, lean on him, not on yourself, and watch what he does. Because remember, you can't achieve the righteousness yourself. There's nothing you could do to do it. So step. Stand where he told you to stand and see what happens. Now, here's the, here's the last one. I'm just going to kind of quote these off to you real quick because then I want to focus on one last scripture. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. This one right here, I am going to read just the first little part of it here. It says, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says God, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Verse 12. And they shall call upon me and go and pray, and I will hearken to you. Verse 13. And you that seek me will find me. And when you search with all your heart, or when you search with all your heart, for me with all your heart. What is this showing us? This is showing us something very important. God has a path. An expected end for each and every one of us. And on that path, there are other people that we're supposed to interact with, that we're supposed to create at one, to reconnect. Not everybody, but there are certain people on the path. The only way you know that is to stay in peace with the righteousness, with the belt of truth, and say, where are you going to have me go? I want to use an example. Uh, Kathy, if you don't mind. I got the mic, so I'm doing it. She told me. <laughs> This was months ago when she got this, this new job. And at first it seemed like this path 
was yippity doo da skippity day. What I don't even know how to say it. Yip, I don't even know what the word is. What is it? Dippity doo da. That's it, right? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it just looked paved perfect. It turned out it was a little different. But she did something, in my opinion, that was just absolutely mind-blowing. I think she listened to God. Because instead of saying, nope, bail, she said, all right, God, I think you told me this. Either I'm missing it or you got something here. And as she began to work out at this job, she began to interact with people that she was like, oh, they need some Jesus. Did I say it kind of how you say it? I mean, she was like, you don't understand. And she said, I know that's why I'm here. And she's been there for some time now. And God may have a new path laid out for her because she may have impacted. She may not see the results of the path that she just walked. But she says, I'm going to stay my path. And watch what happens. Watch how God does this. Okay? He's got an expected end for you. Now, here's the last one where I kind of want to follow up. It's all well and good now that we understand peace, right? It's all great that we know it should be bonded to us. It's great we know about this belt of truth to create freedom and to help us reproduce truth. It's great that we've got this breastplate of righteousness that sets on that belt of truth and that we can say, I stand, and it doesn't matter about the things I've done. It matters that Christ loved me because he was the one who came before and paved this way, so I'll stand in peace, bonded in it. It's fantastic, right? What do you do tomorrow? Yeah. Church goes silent. I want to show you two scriptures that I think help us with this. Okay? Here's the two scriptures. Is this right here? It's Philippians 4, but we're going to back up to verse 6. Remember, we already read this one. Remember, this is in the peace of God which passes all understanding. We love that one, right? Again, that's another one. It's a Hobby Lobby verse. Boom, posted up there. But let's read this verse before it because this one shows us something, in my opinion. This shows us the how to. Right? It's all well and good to know all the information. It's all well and good. Y'all ever met people that are, that are really book smart, but when you get them out there in the field, they know how to read a tape measure even maybe, but then you hand them a saw, and they, they don't know, like JR says about me, they don't know how to cut straight, and they cut it all crooked, and I say, man, cock it, it'll be all right. Right? Here's some practical things. The first one is in Philippians 4, and we're going to start at 6, and here's what it says. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, and let your request be known unto God. And remember, Scripture originally was not in verses like we read it, so let's read that all as one. With prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, letting your request be known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds. The first thing that you do is maybe not so practical, but yet it is and spiritual all at the same time, which is to start off with prayer. It says, make your requests known to God. Now, the issue is sometimes what requests we make known, which are, hey, God, give me a new pair of shoes. I don't want this path. But that's not the prayer. The prayer is John 3.30. He must increase And I must decrease. The prayer is, God, let this, whatever path that I'm walking, let it be yours. Let it be yours. I mean, honestly, I think that's, God's probably like, okay, because that's all I want to pray. That's all we should be thinking is, let it be yours. Let it be yours. All prayer and supplication with everything in you say, just make sure that the path that I'm on is the path that you've shown me to where I can impact the people that I'm supposed to impact. Let it be yours. It says, make those requests known. And then it says something super important, guys. You ready? Thanksgiving. Thankfulness 
is the first steps into staying in peace. Because when you become thankful for whatever has happened or whatever is already and the people in your life and all this stuff, all of a sudden you're not looking over at Mike's. And I'm picking on Mike so much. I'm going to pick on Colleen. You're not looking over at Colleen and saying blah, 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 about her because you're looking at your past and saying, man, I got this and I got this and thank you, God, for that. And then you're taking the next step. I almost stepped off the stage again. <laughs> and then you start to, to, to walk the path and you look up and you've came to some expected end that you never expected but God knew all along. That's what happens. That's the first step of how you stay in peace, how you stay bonded to it, thankfulness and prayer. Making the request known. Then it says, isn't it, isn't it wonderful? It says, the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Remember, peace was to be set at one with. That passes all your understanding. No matter what you, you think you've done or any of that kind of stuff, it passes all that. Any understanding you could possibly think of as to why he would, it's better than that. He says, and I'll keep your heart and mind through Christ. I'll do it. Again, all your job is is to stand there for. Right? Here's the last thing right here. It's Colossians 3, 13. It's 13 through 15. And here's what it says. It says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man has a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, do you also. And above all things, put on, I love this, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And then this is 15, which we like. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. So when we see this, the second thing is forgiveness. The reason that's the second thing is because you will have a very hard time forgiving anyone when you don't look and make requests known to God and when you don't become thankful for what you've got. It's really hard to look at somebody else and be thankful and not Completely past judgment instead of past forgiveness. I love how it said, put on charity. Put it on. Just like righteousness. Just like the shoes. Just like the belt. It's something you put on that becomes a part of you. It becomes bonded to you. It says, put on this thing called charity. The word charity there is the word Philadelphia. That's how we would pronounce it. Brotherly love. You know, brotherly love is an interesting Who has a sibling? If you have a sibling, you know you can... Some of you, oh, I hate my brother. But you can say that all the time. You let someone else say anything about your family, your brother, that you, even if it's true, you better not. Right? That's the type of bond that we're supposed to have together to where as we walk in Christ, he begins to lead God and direct the path. That's the second piece is forgiveness. I think this is the hardest piece, too, because it says put it on, and then it becomes a bond of perfectness. A bond of perfectness. It becomes something that bonds you together, that continues to progress beyond what you thought you were expected in was, but something he has. That is the importance of being shod, being bonded to this thing called peace, being set back at one in your relationship with God, with friends and family, with all of it. And those are your practical steps, in my opinion. Try it this week. Just, just try it. There's three of them, okay? There's what? There's thankfulness. There's prayer, and then there's forgiveness. My challenge to you this week as you walk out your peace and your path, my challenge for you is every day, whether it be morning, evening, afternoon, or all three, it doesn't matter, that you find one thing to be thankful for. And I mean truly thankful. I don't mean the good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. I mean really thankful for. 
I don't have to look very far to, to think of that. I honestly, I think of my wife and my kids. Over the last year, I think of how they've helped me and stood by me. It, it doesn't take that long for me to come up with something that I'm truly, deeply heartfelt, thankful for. Start with that every day. And just pick one. Don't pick a new thing every day. Just pick the same thing and focus in on that all week. And then the second thing is pray. Pray about direction in your life. Say, God, I want you as the protector of the realm. Give me direction. Give me direction. Give me direction. Let my thoughts be yours. Let my heart be yours. Let my, my words be yours. Pray for that. It's your second thing. And then your last thing, I want you to wait till the end of the week and try it. See what God lays on your heart for someone or something you haven't forgiven. Maybe it's someone in your family. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's yourself. For something you, you did that you think you're unworthy and you're standing over here in, in man's righteousness saying, I can't do all that. I can't be that. God can't use me like that. And God's saying, no, come on. I already paved that way for you. Forgive. That's my challenge to you for the week are those three things.